0: Let's look at Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. Luke chapter 17, verse number 11. And let's just look at a few uh, principles from this story as we explore uh, this story this morning. Luke 17 and verse number 11. Luke chapter 17 and verse number 11. Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened as they went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Everybody shout Samaria. Samaria. Galilee, then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. They lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And so when he saw them, he said to them, go and show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God. He fell down on his face, gave thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give thanks to God except the foreigner? And he said to him, arise, go your way, for your faith has made you whole. This morning, just for a few moments, I want to preach on the thought, the great comeback. The great comeback. Say that with me. The great comeback. Uh, Lord, add the blessing to the preaching of Your Word. I pray that Your Word would go forth in power. Your Word would go forth in boldness. And everything that's said and everything that's done would bring You the glory. And everyone say, Amen. In our society, if we're not careful, and I have done it, I've been guilty of it, if we're not careful, it's very easy for us to skip over Thanksgiving and to celebrate Christmas. And you know, because we, we, we like the lights and the candies and the gifts and the family time and enjoying family and friends. That's all good and fine. I think it's important for us as we progress in this holiday season for us to remember the reasons why we should be thankful. We live in a very self centered age, a very self centered society where it has become all about ourselves. And in uh, one of the characteristics of the last days, you know this. Because the scripture is very, very clear that one of the characteristics of the last days would be ungratefulness. Can I hear an amen? That is the characteristic of the last days. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. Listen to the words of the apostle Paul. He said, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unthankful, and unholy. That is the characteristic of the day and age that we live in. We are living in an age where people are becoming more and more unthankful as the years progress. And I think that the church, the church of Jesus Christ, if anyone needs to demonstrate thankfulness. Amen? We don't need to follow the way of the culture. We need to demonstrate a thankful heart. And I have learned I have learned in my journey as a Christian that worship requires an expression of gratitude. I'm going to say that again. Worship requires an expression of gratitude. Worship requires an expression of gratitude. If you are a Christian who loves Jesus, one of the things that you should do with your life, your life should be an example of worship. How you live your life is worship. Not just what we do on Sunday morning, but how we live our life. And worship is an expression of gratitude. So gratitude and worship goes hand in hand. You cannot worship unless you are grateful. Can I hear an amen? You can't worship unless you are grateful. And if you are grateful, you will worship. They are brother and they are sister. It goes hand in hand. Worship requires an expression of gratitude. And the apostle Paul said that in the last days, this would be a main ingredient uh, that will characterize the last days that we are living in, people with an ungrateful heart. I'm reminded of this story this morning that Jesus tells, or Jesus is involved in this story, and the Bible, the Luke, the, who is the writer here, tells a story of where there are ten people who had leprosy. These ten people uh, cried out to the Master. And you know the story. The Bible says that Jesus was walking through Jerusalem. He passed through Samaria. He passed through Galilee. And at a certain village, as He was passing by, He saw ten. there was ten lepers who were standing afar off. And the Bible says these lepers lifted up their voice and they begin to cry, Jesus, have mercy on us. And the Bible says when they lifted up their voice, the Bible says that Jesus, uh, verse number 14, so when he saw them, he said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, and so as they went, they were healed. It's interesting to me that this was not a Pentecostal camp meeting. Jesus didn't line them up, put oil on their head, and they fall out, and speak in some tongues, and they got up and they were healed. That's all good and fine. But in this story, the method of healing was quite different. These ten lepers were in a certain village. They saw Jesus passing by. They lifted up their voice, and all Jesus did was tell them, go show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. As Jesus didn't touch them, He didn't preach a sermon to them, he just said go show yourself to the priest and as they went they were healed I think that's clear that sometimes when you walk in obedience you will receive your healing when you walk in obedience when you walk it out that is when the blessing and the favor of God comes up on your life sometimes miracles don't happen in a prayer line that's good and fine when it does it doesn't happen just because you prayed one time sometimes the prayer The the miracles of God and the favor of God and the blessing of God and the answers to our prayers happens as we walk it out in our life, and that is why the devil will come to you and he will get you off track. He will cause you to stumble. He he wants you to go back, but you've got to make up your mind that you've got to keep walking forward because as you walk forward, healing is made manifested. The blessing of God is made manifested as you walk with the Lord. I'm telling you, as you walk, He works it out. Out. As you walk, He knows how to work it out in your life. Is there anybody that can wave your hand this morning and say, "Pastor, I've been walking it out all week. I've been walking it out all week." Somebody, lift your hands and say, "Thank the Lord this morning." You can't allow the enemy to get you off track. You can't allow the enemy to cause you to stumble. You've got to pick yourself up and you say, I've got to move on, baby. I've got to keep going in the right direction. I've got to keep walking in obedience. And as you walk, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit does a work in your life. What happens in you is greater than what happens to you. What happens in you is greater than what happened to you. And so as they walked, the Bible says, they were healed. As they walked. Is there anybody in the building that can wave your hand and say, I've been walking, and I know God's working. <laughs> Come on, I want somebody to help the preacher. I said, I've been walking, and I know God's working. Hallelujah. I'm not, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep walking in the way that He wants me to go. So the Bible says these ten lepers, they begin to cry out, and as they begin to cry out, Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest, and as they went, they were healed. Now why did they have to show themselves to the priest? Because it was the custom that if you said you were healed, a religious man had to inspect you physically. And if he thought and deemed that you were healed, he would give you a certificate and that would deem your healing. So therefore, if anybody doubted whether you were healed as you were healing, you showed them the certificate and it verified that the religious leaders verified your healing. Jesus was a man of authority. Jesus wasn't going to go against authority. Jesus said, I want you to submit to the authority that you know. Go to the priest, do it the proper way, and if you do it the proper way, you'll receive healing. Do it the proper way. The Bible says that ten of them, as they walked, they were healed. But the Bible says only one of them came back to give him thanks. One of them? Now, ladies and gentlemen, if all ten of them were healed, why did only one of them come back to give thanks? I mean, you would think that if all ten of them received healing, all ten of them received healing from this leprosy, wouldn't it stand to reason that all of them should come back to give God praise and to give Jesus thanks for healing them? And I thought about this question I've been thinking about it for days. Like, why? Only one. One of them came back, gave Him thanks, and Jesus said, where is the other nine? Only one of you came back to give thanks. I pray that that's not your heart today. I pray that this church continues to walk with a grateful heart. That all of us can come on Sunday morning and give God thanks. Just a few of us, but all of us. So I want to give you, and, and you know, since I've been pastoring here for eight years, this is just my style of preaching. I preach the way I like to hear a sermon. <laughs> so basically, this is why I preach this way, because it's like I like to hear it this way. Right? So number one, everybody say number one, why only one Have you ever thought about it? Why just one person that came back to give thanks? Number one, I believe it could be that only one of them came back to give thanks is because the nine thought that every move they made, they got better.
1: Just think about it. Every move they made, they got better. Why only
0: nine Excuse me, why only one that came back to give thanks? Where are the other nine? It could be, number one, that the nine that did not come to give thanks, maybe they thought in their heart, in their mind, that it was the steps that they made that brought healing. Because of the steps they made, number one, maybe it's because the nine thought to themselves, I'm not going to come back to give thanks
1: because... Maybe they thought it was their steps that brought healing. It is true that they obeyed the words of Jesus, but
0: sometimes we confuse the grace of God with our own movements. Sometimes we think that it is our movements that bring healing. Sometimes we think that it is our steps that bring healing. Sometimes we think it's our achievements that bring the blessing of God. We think it's our work ethic. We think it's our skills. We think it's our education. We think it's our climbing up the ladder of success. And we confuse the grace of God with our own movements. Ladies and gentlemen, you've got to understand something. That the reason that only one came back to give thanks that even though they were obedient to the words of Jesus they realized that the only reason they could take a step was because of the grace of God can i hear an amen let me tell you and let me make it sure you this is loud and clear the reason that you are blessed this morning is not because You got yourself a job and you worked your way through school and you got a good work ethic and you got the skill and you climbed up the ladder and you made all these moves yourself. Ladies and gentlemen, no, 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 no. It was the grace of God that gave you the ability to take the step one after another. And if you don't see the grace of God in that, you will never have a thankful heart. Don't ever confuse the grace of God With your own movements. Don't you ever think that it's your own steps. It's my own education. That's the reason I'm blessed. I'll take a step. It's my own relationships. It's my work ethic. It's because I did this. And we think it's our steps that's
1: got us to where we are. It's not your steps. It's the grace of God working through your steps.
0: Don't confuse the grace of God with your movements. Did you see this? This is so powerful. You ready? Luke 17. And sometimes when you read the Bible, you've got to read the Bible. Look at it. Luke 17, verse 11. Luke 17, verse 11. The Bible says, verse 11, Now it happened, as they went to Jerusalem... That He went through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Stop. This is so very important. Number one, why, why didn't the nine lepers come back to give thanks? It could be that the nine lepers thought to themselves, it's my own steps that brought the healing. They didn't understand it was the grace of God working through their steps that brought healing. And the Scripture says that He passed through Samaria and Galilee. Do you know where Jesus was raised?
1: Put the Scripture up there, brother. Luke 17.11 Do you know where Jesus was raised? Come on, Bible students. Galilee.
0: He passed through Galilee. He passed through Samaria. Could it be? Listen, the nine, get this, the nine who didn't come back to give thanks, guess where they were from? And the person that came back to give thanks is the what? And where was Jesus raised? Could it be that the nine people who didn't come back to give thanks thought to themselves, ah, Jesus is my homeboy. I knew Him in elementary school I knew him. I knew, I knew. I knew he used to have a crush on Sally. You know. And that's not blaspheming. Jesus was a man. Let me break it down to you. Jesus went to the bathroom. Alright? Jesus was a man and he's also God at the same time. So could it be that they thought to themselves, Oh, Jesus is my homeboy. I went to school
1: with Jesus. Me and Jesus are buddies. It could be that they thought to themselves, this is what I deserve. Me and
0: Jesus are friends. Jesus, you remember I loaned, you know, I loaned that, uh, you know, watch him call it to you several years ago, you know. And, you know, since we were, since we, You know, we know each other and we used to play ball together, and my mom used to go to your mom's house, and, you know, we're all from Galilee.
1: Maybe they thought to themselves,
0: Jesus ain't nothing special. This is what he owes me. We're friends. They were familiar with him. Sometimes when we become familiar with people, we become unthankful. And only one of them came back to give thanks. And who was the one? Verse 16, only one of them came back to give thanks. He fell down, gave thanks, and he was a Samaritan. You know what a Samaritan is? A Samaritan is a half-breed. They're a half-Gentile, a half-Jew. Jews don't like Samaritans. They don't get along. Galileans don't like Samaritans. Galileans do not like Samaritans. Jesus was raised in Galilee. They all know who Jesus was, but the Samaritan was an outcast. And there are two groups of people in the church we have Samaritans in the church, and we have Galileans in the church. The Samaritans will give God thanks on Sunday and every day because they know they don't deserve it. They know that the reason they got their job wasn't because they worked hard. And the reason that they're blessed wasn't because they had the right work ethic. And the reason that they got where they got today wasn't because they had perfect relationships. But the reason that they're here today is because of the grace of God that is on their life. But then we got some Samaritans who will sit in church on Sunday and think that they earned it and they deserve it and they're entitled to it. But I am so thankful and grateful that this morning we don't have Galileans in the seats. We have some Samaritans that will raise your hand and say, Pastor, I don't deserve to
1: be blessed. I don't deserve to be blessed. I don't want to be a Galilean.
0: I realize that the reason I'm blessed is because of the grace and the favor of God in my life. Are you a Samaritan, or are you a Galilean? Do are you entitled and think that you are entitled to be blessed and entitled to be where you're at? And you think it was your own steps that brought you to where you are? That's a Galilean? Or are you a Samaritan? You stand in the presence of God, and you understand that the reason where you're at today wasn't because of
1: your own effort, it was because the grace of God was working through you. Hmm. You see that these men had leprosy.
0: Leprosy, you know, leprosy is a disease that kind of it, its a flesh-eating disease. It eats away your flesh. And if it's left alone, get this, if it's left alone, it will get worse. That's why in the Bible they wrapped their limbs up because at some time if it wasn't treated and there was no cure for it, they would try to treat it. Limbs could fall off. Fingers would fall off. The nose would fall off. They would wrap them. I mean, it was a disgusting disease. So therefore, it would get worse if it wasn't treated, have you ever thought about it? Your situation gets worse if Jesus never stepped in. That's shouting territory right there. I said, Your situation gets worse if Jesus do not step in. Is there anybody that can wave your hand and say, I know Jesus stepped in my leprosy? It gets worse. If Jesus doesn't step in. Amen? Look to your neighbor and tell your neighbor it gets worse if Jesus don't step in. Amen. If Jesus doesn't step in, it gets worse. So, in closing, I want you to see something that I think is so awesome. And I never really saw this before, but as I was reading the Scripture, it was like, boom! There it is. Everybody look to your neighbor and say, boom, there
1: it is. Look to your other neighbor and say, wake up. You ready? Get this. Go to verse 11. No, don't lose me. Here we go. This is Sunday
0: school. Everybody look up here. Verse 11. As it happened, they went through Jerusalem, passed through the midst of Samaria, Galilee. Look at verse 12. He entered a certain village. There meant... There He met ten men with leprosy who stood afar off. This is what happens when you're diseased. When you're in sin, you stand afar off. Verse 13, And they lifted up their voices. Jesus have mercy. Look at verse 13. They lifted up their voices. Look at verse 13. They what? Say that one more time. They what? Verse 14, And so when He saw them, He said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now get this. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice glorified God. Now, I'm going to say it again. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices. Shout that with me.
1: Verse 15, and he cried with a loud voice. Okay, they shouted their request. And they shouted their praise. Y'all ain't, y'all
0: ain't getting this. The same voice that yelled the need is the same voice that yelled the praise. Can I say that again? The same voice that yelled the need is the same voice that yelled the praise. I'm going to say it again. The same voice that yelled the need is the same voice that yelled the praise. Isn't it ironic that when we come to church, we have a tendency to yell our need? Oh, God!
1: I'm still single. <laughs> oh, God! Heal my baby! Oh, God, heal Ann Susie! God, I need to pay my you know, car payment. You just list it. We yell it.
0: Cry. Ball. Walk the floor. But the principle demonstrates to us that if you're going to yell the need, you better come back and shout greater when it's it's answered. Did you hear me? Is there anybody that says today, I've already yelled my need this morning, I'm going to shout some praise right (laughs) here. Hallelujah! The same voice that yelled the need is the same
1: voice that shouted the praise. Some people like to tell it and some people like to yell it. I don't like church where we just sit on a
0: bump on a log and sing songs like Move Me If You Can.
1: Folks, there ain't nothing wrong with that, but there's churches that do that. Go to that church. But this church, I like
0: just a little bit of life once in a while. You don't have to act like me. But once in a while, at least bat your eyebrows at me or you know, something, act, just... Once in a while, throw your hand up and say this. Just once in a while, just put a little bit of expression into it. Come on, somebody. Is that all right? Every once in a while, just get something out and just wave it a little bit and say, that's all right. Is there anybody today that has decided if I'm going to yell my need this morning, I'm going to praise because it's answered. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! They yelled... Jesus, have mercy on us. But they came back and they shouted with a voice because one of them was healed. Hallelujah. Why didn't the nine come back? Number one, maybe they thought it was their own doings, their own method, their own movements, their own steps, and didn't realize it was the grace of God working through them. They didn't realize that leprosy, when it's left by itself, it gets worse. If they would have just realized that as they walked, the leprosy wasn't getting worse, it was getting. Leprosy left by itself gets worse. If they would have realized that it wasn't getting worse, it was getting better. And some of you got to realize that you've been praying about some things and it is actually getting better. But you got to keep walking, you got to keep moving. You got to take taking the steps.
1: The same voice that yelled the need was the same voice that yelled praise. Why only nine? Get this. One
0: commentary said this: they were justifying
1: why the nine didn't come back. The pillar commentary said this: "Well,
0: the reason the nine didn't come back to give thanks is because these nine people were religious, and they were going to obey the law of Moses, So they're going to go to the synagogue, offer an offering, and give thanks to God." The one Samaritan is a rebel. He wasn't really obedient. He should have went to the synagogue. And gave thanks to God and then went back to Jesus. That's the proper way. And if you look at the law of Moses, that's probably the right way to do it. But this story demonstrates to us that your praise sometimes can't wait till you get to the church house. <laughs> Somebody help the preacher out just a little bit. This story demonstrates that sometimes you just can't wait to get here on Sunday to praise God. You've got to praise God as you're walking. You've got to pray. You've got to go back to give God thanks. You can't wait. You see, praise is not limited to a place. Praise is not limited to a Sunday morning. Get this, get this. Everybody look at Pastor Josh. If you look at the Old Testament... You know, in the Old Testament, God had a method of dealing with His people. And one of the things that He did was He had a tabernacle. And a tabernacle was a movable structure that the children of Israel would move in the wilderness. Okay, So it was a movable structure. And when they would set it up, it had an altar in it, and a brazen altar, and a laver, and a lampstand. And there was a priest who would do sacrifices in the tabernacle. And so therefore, the children of Israel would uproot the tabernacle and they would move it wherever they went. Because the tabernacle represented the presence of God. That's where God dwelled. Remember, He was a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But David comes along and says, Lord, I want to build you a temple. Now what is a temple? It's the same thing as a tabernacle, but it's unmovable. It's a it's unmovable. It's a structure. And if you read Scripture, do you know that God didn't really want a temple? But Solomon wanted to, David wanted to do it, so Solomon did it. And so guess what? The temple was a permanent location in Israel, Jerusalem. And God would dwell there. Now get this. We either have two mindsets. You either have a temple mindset, or you have a tabernacle mindset. What is a temple mindset? I got a, a temple mindset is praise and thanksgiving is only limited to a certain place. But remember, the tabernacle was a what? And if you got a tabernacle mindset. You don't got to wait to get to the temple on Sunday. You go ahead and praise God. You're movable. You praise God in Walmart. You praise God at Harvest Bank. You praise God wherever you go. You're thankful for wherever you go. It's not limited to Sunday morning. It's not limited to a temple. It's not limited to a structure. It's not limited to a permanent location. God desires the tabernacle with you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to guide you. He wants to direct you. He wants to walk with you everywhere you go. That's why the Holy Spirit is called Paracletus. To walk beside of us. And I disagree with the commentary. Those nine folks said to themselves, yes, I'm healed, but I'll just go to the tabernacle, or excuse me, I'll go to the synagogue to offer thanks. But one of them said, I can't wait to Sunday on a certain day to give him thanks. I'm going to run back right now and tell him how much I'm thankful. Hallelujah. So you are either a temple or you're either a tabernacle. You got a temple mindset or a tabernacle mindset, but you got to make up your mind that everywhere you go, the Spirit's walking with you. He is the Paracletus. He walks with you. You are should be a living, moving, thanksgiving to God. Now, I didn't see this before, honestly. Look at verse 15. And one of them, Luke 17, 15, one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice and glorified God. Hold on. Hold on here, Jesus. This is so good. Y'all ready for it? He returned and he. what did he do? He glorified. Come on, help the preacher out. He what? Now get this, verse 16. And he fell down at the face of At his face, uh, upon his face at his feet, giving him thanks. I never saw it. Verse 15. He gave glory to who? Verse 16, he gave thanks to who? Okay, you got it? He gave glory to who? And then verse 16, he gave thanks to who? Help the preacher, all of us. Are you ready? He gave glory to who? And gave thanks to who? You know what thanksgiving is? You acknowledge that God alone gives you grace to do what you can do. But don't forget to give thanks to the people in your life to help you. Once in a while, you're going to have to open your mouth up and say thank you. Instead of saying, well, it's all God. God did it. No, God uses people. And this man understood something. That God gets the glory. But I'm going to thank the people who's helped me in my life. I'm going to thank the person that gave me a helping hand. I'm going to thank the person who came alongside of me and believed in me. I'm going to thank the pe- person who is sowing into my life. I'm going to thank the person who helped me when I was down and out. I'm going to thank. I'm going to give glory to God.
1: But I'm going to give Thanks. Sometimes we can be generous with our money and selfish with our mouth. We want to criticize, grumble,
0: complain, and be negative, gossip. Let me, just let me break it down to you. Any, you've got to consider the source, the force, and the course. So when you hear people blabbing their mouth, Consider the source. Who are they? Have they known to do this? And do they blab their mouth all the time? So consider the source. Number two, consider the force. How many people are saying it? How strong is it? Is it just a few that's offended? And then you got to consider the course. What am I going to do about this? Am I going to participate in gossip or I'm going to put a stop to it and say, no, 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 my ears is not a trash can. I am a tabernacle. I give glory to God. I'm not going to participate in negativity
1: and gossip and slander. I'm going to give glory to God and God alone. Are you a temple or are you a
0: tabernacle? Why didn't they come back to give thanks? Number one, it could be because they thought it was their own steps that brought healing. They confused the grace of God with their own movements. It could be that they didn't realize that leprosy gets worse. It doesn't get better. If leprosy left by itself, it gets worse. If it wasn't for God in your life, you would get worse. They didn't realize that the leprosy was actually getting better. It wasn't getting worse. You've got to realize that things are getting better, not worse. As you take the steps, they get better. It could be... Did you see in here? They didn't, they didn't understand that if you're going to shout your need, you better shout your... Praise. Do you see in this story that they gave glory to God, but they also gave thanks to Jesus? To glorify God and to give thanks to Jesus. Amen. You see, ladies and gentlemen, worship requires an expression of gratitude. Worship and thanksgiving go together in the early church. In the early church, 2nd and 3rd century. The early Christians would gather together once a
1: week. They adopted their liturgical practices from the synagogue. In the
0: 2nd and 3rd century, a couple hundred years after Jesus, the church instituted what we call the Eucharist or the Thanksgiving meal. The early church would set out a table People would gather around the table and partake of the juice or the wine or the bread. And it was called a Thanksgiving meal. It was called communion. It was called the Lord's Supper. Today we take communion once a week, or excuse me, once a month. But the root of that is Thanksgiving. When you take the bread and you take the juice, you are remembering and giving thanks to God for what He's done for us. You see, I'm convinced that we don't need to build walls in our life. We need to build bigger tables in our life. We need to be more thankful in our life. Open your heart up to people. Build a bigger table. Tear down the walls. Be thankful. Be grateful. This Thanksgiving, do something different. Find somebody who don't have a home. Feed them. Sit them down at the table. Have conversation with them and put the dang
1: phone down. Put the phone down. Let's be thankful. Let's love one another. Happy Thanksgiving, folks.